Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are John Christian, Troy Sandlin, and Catherine Linquist. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. Uh, so let's break down how this podcast works. Uh, we're going to uh, engorge ourselves on dessert first uh, with a whole bunch of news articles and short topics and things of that nature that we've all kind of accumulated. And after that, we'll have a longer form topic that we're going to talk about. Um, we'll kind of get into those as we get into them. Uh, so you guys ready to dive into into some dessert? Yeah. Let's, oh, yeah. Let's do let's this. Do okay. So... Today, we have a full platter. I have one, two, three, four, five. Five different uh, little news articles. And let's start with you, Catherine. Uh, you got a little uh, YouTube link to send people to? Yeah, so um, it's a YouTube or it's a Twitch, whichever. Um, Critical Bard recently hosted a, um, well, a roundtable. It's called Black AF Roundtable, and uh, it had a bunch of different um members of the D community who are black and they talked about issues that they um run into or face or or topics that uh maybe affect them a little bit more um in regards to D and other tabletop roleplay games but mostly D D. And, um, I'm just, I'm just going to say at this point, um, we could sit and talk about it, uh, but suffice to say, uh, I, I learned a lot and it shifted my perspective on some things and we're going to put that link for the link to both parts. I've only actually even seen the first part, so I'm, I'm going to watch the second part after this, but, um, we're going to put those two links uh, and a couple other links uh, that would be good educational sources for people um, underneath this in the description. Mm-hmm. That's the word. There you go. So, yeah. In the doobly-doo. Black AF Roundtable. In the doobly-doo. <laughs> doobly-doo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by Critical Bar is the host, in case I didn't say that before. Yes. Perfect. Well, yeah, he's, got some, he's got some sick tweets, too. I, I've been following him for a while. Nice. Cool. Yep. Uh, so next thing, um, I'll throw out something. Uh, we haven't done this yet. I'm going to throw out a Humble Bundle. Um, is everybody uh-huh. kind of familiar with Humble Bundles? We're all, I'm getting some nods. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. Definitely. I was talking to somebody this week who had never heard of a Humble Bundle before. Um, but there's a really good one going on right now. As of this recording, you probably still have about a week left. Um, it's called Dungeons, Mazes, and Barrows. And it is basically you get on, you can uh, pledge... Anywhere from a dollar to fifteen dollars or more, and you get a whole bunch of fifth edition PDF content uh, delivered right to your email. Um, this mm-hmm. is a lot of content from, I believe, Necromancer Games, Frog God Games, and even some from Cobalt Press. You can get uh, Cobalt Press's yes. new um, Tales of Old Margrave oh, as nice. part of that, um, which is a really great book. And you can get Frog God Game or yeah, Frog God Games um, Sea King's Malice. Um, which is a brand new product from them as well. That was just on, I think, Kickstarter a bit ago. Yep, I kickstarted that too, yeah. Yep, so there is a whole lot of cool things in there, a lot of adventures, and then a lot of like DM resources. Definitely yeah, check it out. so many things. That I bought I bought this last night. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, if you are someone who uses PDFs, this is a no-brainer. 
Um, yes. It, you're getting like, what, like 30 books uh, for, for 15 bucks. You're not going to find it any cheaper. So. And come on, let's, let's, let's be, let's be realistic. A lot of these go to charity. Mm-hmm. You can do 25. Yeah. You can do 25. Oh, yeah. 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 At least. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, it says $350 worth of awesome stuff. And I, Whew. that's about right. Yeah. So, um, okay, cool. Let's see. John, you have a Kickstarter to pitch. I do actually. This one is uh, it's gonna be a little bit different because it's not actually active anymore. It uh, they finished the Kickstarter last uh, September to November somewhere around that. This is more of a follow up piece because gotcha. I've actually I purchased uh, a de facto purchased uh, through uh, Drive Through RPG five torches deep. All right, and so this is like a hybridization of fifth edition rule set, the simplicity with going back a little bit uh, a little bit to uh, advanced Dungeons and Dragons right so mm. you're kind of taking that same simplified mechanic approach to um, uh, to the game but you got a more of an old school feel to fifth edition right so mm. some of the things that are really unique about this are is that I personally love the gritty realistic fantasy or really that's kind of oxymoron <laughs> but all right like I like gritty fantasy right like I sure. like levels one through five are my favorite. The these this game only has levels one through nine, that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so think there are the the spells. Some of the other the spells are a little bit. Over, I don't want to say overpowered, but some of the spells that are either game breaking or that significantly give the players almost an unfair advantage, uh, like polymorph and things like that. Those things have been either nerfed or taken out entirely. Mm-hmm. Healing is difficult and rare. Uh, resurrection, raise dead reincarnation that's non-existent and so in the artwork you see it in that um i really like the way that they broke out they kind of simplified um the the like the classes and the races that are in it they've Mm. got uh the uh the classes are i believe warrior thief mage Zealot and Zealot, thank you, and Zealot, mm-hmm. and so within those are the subclass are the classes that you're used to, right? The the, the classes that we're used to of paladin, okay. cleric, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, those are all actually the subclasses for those. So there's a broader categorization up, up top, which is very advanced Dungeons and Dragons of mage, fighter, mm-hmm. cleric, thief. Right? Yeah, yeah. These are things we're we're familiar with, and so uh, I've read through it, and it is I'm really interested to play this thing and see how it plays out because I'm already familiar with the fifth edition, the rule set. I love the old school feel of AD and D, even though I kind of came into it late in life and didn't play it as much as I probably would have liked to. Um, I think this is a, a good opportunity for those that want to know what it feels like to get a better feel from it. It's kind of like that heavy metal Dungeons and Dragons yeah. feel to it. I would love for you to run a group of us through like a little adventure of this just to get, get a little flavor and to get that, that bridge to the OSR. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I, I agree. That'd be I'd, fun. I would love that. Love it. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So yeah. again, it's, it's out there. Sorry. It's, it is out there right now. It's, uh, it's publishable through uh print on demand on, uh, drive through, drive through or in PDF, right? I think it's 10 bucks for the PDF, ten, 20 bucks yeah, for bucks. the print. Yeah. Which is, you know, and again, it is really, really good. It's 49 pages long, and it's everything that you need in order to play the game. Sweet. Really awesome. Awesome. I love nice. that. Cool. Yep. Uh, Troy, you've got a Kickstarter for us. I do. Age of Antiquity. Kind of like, you know, we just we got the, uh, the, uh, the Theros book that just dropped not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this is kind of similar to that, it, it, but it's more of a historical fantasy. Mm-hmm. 
but but you do have you know the gods meddling in your business um you know d- d- different monsters and, and and whatnot uh doing their thing but it's based in our history mm-hmm. so you've got rome the greek states greco occupied egypt the kushite kingdom uh parthian empire the warring states of china uh stretch goals include the the celtic tribes uh, the illyrian kingdom uh it just kind of seems, you know, if we've got a, a, a Greek-inspired setting released by Wizards of the Coast out there right now, this kind of brings it into, you know, a more historical feel. Mm-hmm. And you got 15, 15 new backgrounds, all kind of, and you can get the book. You can pledge and get the book for uh, $45. Cool. Nice. Awesome. You know, so, so pretty That's standard, great. but it, the artwork looks solid. Um 150 magic items drawn from uh, and inspired by uh, ancient the ancient world that, that we know and learned about. So yeah, it's just uh, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking how how much fun would it be to be romping around in historically based uh, uh, ancient Rome and, and Greece and stuff like that. That'd be fun. Yeah, I can, see, cool. I can see a world where that is interesting. Yeah, I've got to tell you the the art in this. Is undersold. It is beautiful. Oh, There's yeah, yeah. really good artwork in this. Like fantastic. In order to immerse yourself more in the in the period, it's mm-hmm. really really yeah. good stuff. This is it, 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 it is beautiful stuff. Yeah, yeah. and they and it's already funded, so it's gonna it's gonna go. Yep. Um, and it's, you've got 19 days as of this recording. So you'll so. have about a week and a half when this launches. Mm-hmm. So yep. yeah. So, so get on it. Get on it. They're yeah. gonna. They're mm-hmm. probably. They're probably gonna triple their goal. I would say. So. Oh yeah. They'll... And I'm looking. Let, let's let's just scroll down. Let's see some one of these some of these stretch goals that have not yet been unlocked. Well, and what I'll note notate is initially oh, yeah. they were gonna do a subclass for every class um, in existence. Mm-hmm. So twelve subclasses, and that's already been expanded. So you're getting a lot of even if you don't want to do the setting, right? Even if you don't care about the right the real world setting, you're getting. Uh, quite a bit a to lot use of, there. Yeah, and a beast a carry, a which you can use. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Feats and spells expanded, gods and cultures expanded, magic items expand, expanded, bestiary expanded, mm-hmm. more Lots backgrounds, stretch goals, and they're waiting to be unlocked, so... Yep. Awesome. Nice. Very cool. Um, I've got the last one here, and I thought we might end up talking a little bit more about this than the others. We'll see. Um D&D Beyond dropped a new product this week, kind of a surprise. Um, Dark Tides of Bilgewater, The Legends of Runeterra. This is a uh, League of Legends crossover. Um, It's really interesting. Um, I think it's free. I'll be honest, it it didn't have any cost when it came up on my end, so I'll assume it's a free product on D&D Beyond. it is a setting guide to Bilgewater, which is this like kind of piratey, fantastical setting. Um, it's got a whole bunch of player options that are new. There's three new subclasses. There's um, uh, kind of an overview on on races for here. There is a three part adventure, and then there is about ten new creatures and some new magic items. Um, all of it has gorgeous art because they're just grabbing from uh, League of Legends. So. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of fun stuff there. The creatures are really interesting, like the the beasts. Uh, there's a wharf rat that's a lot of fun. Um, you've got some of the League of Legends heroes now in NPC form, um, like Gangplank and Misfortune. So 
pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, uh, I really, that's a good synergy really there. Cool. The, a nice pirate setting. That's sweet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. I'm just excited because this is so if you if you look at if you look at D&D Beyond and how they are labeling this product, it is very clearly labeled partnered content. Mm-hmm. It is not tied to D&D like Wizards of the Coast. It's tied to D&D Beyond and League of Legends. So this is the first time that D&D Beyond has went out and found somebody to weld on to the to their platform as opposed to Wizards bringing somebody in like mm-hmm. Wild Mount or something of that or Magic the Gathering, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited because this this could be the start of something where there's a yeah. whole bunch of different partnered content coming in that they're kind of working with. This is how we could get something like, as an example, Matt Colville's Guide to Capital in D&D Ooh. Beyond. Yes, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, this, this unlocks, this opens a door that it could just be absolutely amazing. Not not just for the D&D Beyond people, but the gaming community at large. Mm-hmm. Um, I just yeah. think this is going to be... I mean, all the big fantasy Fantastic. properties out there. You could have a Dark Souls partnered content. You could have a Witcher uh, partnered content. You could have a... I mean, I don't know. Like, you guys can name more than I can probably, but um, that to me is exciting. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Very, That's very much so. Super cool. And I've seen a lot of... And I... As as everybody knows by now, if you're if you listen to more than <laughs> two of our podcasts, I am the old guy. <laughs> I I grew up on on video games with uh, a single joystick and a single red button. Preach. So you know, <laughs> I have no I have no idea what League of Legends is mm-hmm. aside from the videos that I have seen in advertisements on my YouTube stuff, and. I'm like, just watching those videos, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what this is, but I want to play here. This is really cool. And then, lo and behold, D&D Beyond has reached into my dreams, and there it is. Yep. <laughs> and I love that yeah. it's free. I mean, like, it. Yeah. obviously, if we get a bigger, like, Legends of Runeterra book or something, I'm fine with paying for that. But I love oh, that yeah. they said, here is a taste, because... It, honestly, there's no art assets purchased here, almost certainly. So they hired somebody to write this, probably James Hayek or somebody like that. It took them a week. I, I'm oversimplifying this, but the reality is, right, it's a perfect way to test the sucker and see what the appeal is. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, some of this, I'm, I'm, I'm looking through it right now. Uh, I want to play the roguish archetype wild card today. This is fantastic. So you, the the soldier the soldier background gives you the offers you up the ability in the player's handbook. You get a, a, a tool proficiency, quote unquote, with a dice set or dragon chest set or some other kind of playing card set, right? And so, when does it really come up? Unless you've got a, a game that kind of gravitates towards some kind of roguey, gambly, you know, vibe to it. That's pretty much the only time you're going to ever use it is in a tavern. This, though, uses that tool set. is part. It's part of the mechanics of the, the class. Uh, oh loaded gosh, really? dice, dragon chess, and playing cards. And so whichever one that you choose, mm. you get... It's, it's kind of like a class path options that you would get with choosing like a bear totem, wolf totem, eagle totem. Right? Mm-hmm. It's really, really cool. I, I love... Like, I'm... I'm going to read through this entire thing. And it's, I don't I know anything. I'm, I'm with you, Troy. I don't know anything about League of Legends, but I, have no idea. I really like this already. I have a player I hear who the needs wacky that kids about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the 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 martial archetype 
is the renegade is a gunfighter so this is like another uh, another way to introduce guns into your world so if you if you like the gunslinger but you want another way of more options that way i think and i think we're ready as a as a as a community to have additional options for firearms and this is a great way for yeah. that um so, i can see this whole thing drop it right drop it right into eberron yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah definitely yeah mm-hmm. cool uh yeah i knew like to me that was really exciting i loved it i loved every part of it and i'm um, good for D beyond for for making that happen. yeah so good job guys okay uh let's move on to our main course so this is where we tackle a topic that came up at one of our tables or just something that we thought would be good for a longer discussion and you know all this discussion of league of legends and uh, Colville setting and, and Age of Antiquity and all that has got us wondering about favorite settings. Right? Yeah. Favorite settings. Now, um, somebody, was it you, Troy? You you brought this topic up, so do you want to kind of walk us through this as a as a team? Did I bring it up? I think did so. It, did, it come out of, did it come out of my mouth? I think it did. <laughs> it, I think it did. It, it came out of my mouth and then Troy built on it with say. the second question we have on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, hey. Um, Wait, I always get blamed for stuff. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, go, some go flashbacks. Troy, Troy can lead well, this. Well, no, I, I want Catherine to explain <sighs> her, her favorite settings part, and then I will explain my, my add-on. Oh, there you go. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> part, of, part of the reason I was going to let Troy do it <laughs> was because I... As, as people know, by, by now, probably, I spend most of my time in homebrew settings. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have a favorite official setting. So with, with this question, I was, I was originally thinking like official Wizards of the Coast, um, full book, you know, mm. type of thing, but, I think maybe I'd like to expand it. Like, if you have one, for sure, talk about that. But if you don't have one, maybe just, like, overall theme and tone and a couple of key elements that you really like to throw in there for your players. Um, stuff like that. Cool. Just for fun. <laughs> right on. And then I tagged on, and it kind of piggybacks on what, what Catherine just said. The, a, a brand new setting. What what is what is a brand new setting that has not been done before in not necessarily for D and D, but any gaming any gamosphere that you know of that you want to see that you've not got to see yet. An, you know, official whatever. I think the second half of that's going like to be that. the hardest because there have yeah. been a lot that have been tapped into. There have a been a lot. lot. And Jonathan does not get to answer the first part of this question because we already know it's going to be Dragon Lance. This was my chance, man. This is like this is the this is you get this is my opportunity. Okay, you're not going to stifle me this time. I will be heard today. How, you, you, how many episodes have we had? Exactly. <laughs> okay, well, who wants to take us off? Who wants to pitch a, a setting? Right out the gate. Well, John, listen, we might as well yeah, just, just go, let you just go. go. Just go ahead. Just get it out. No, wait. Look, let it out. Whenever I saw that this was let it out, let it out, baby. I'm Oprah. No, whenever um, I uh, 
I've thought about a lot of, about this since I saw this as one of the topics, and I was trying. I tried really hard to go rogue. Okay, mm. uh, so I'm going to say this. All right, everybody knows my feelings you didn't, about you didn't which try one that hard. Yeah, I didn't. Well, <clears throat> shut up. Um, I'm going to the. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to go off script with it instead. I'm going to I'm going to go outside of D and D. We're going to talk. I want to talk really quick fast about one of my favorite settings in in gaming in in tabletop. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Savage Worlds, um, Necessary Ooh. Evil. I don't know if any of you are familiar with it or not. The basic no. premise is, think DC Comics superheroes, right? So, uh, okay. But what ends up happening is alien these aliens come to Earth, and they tell the superheroes, hey, there's this other invading force that's coming. Uh, they're called the Scourge or whatever, and they're coming to enslave your, your people and to, to destroy your world or whatever, right? And so the superheroes, being superheroic, they say, "Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> well, we should we should prepare." And that's the aliens are like, "Yeah, we'll help you prepare for it." So they come up with this brilliant strategy where all the superheroes are going to converge in this one place and they're going to eradicate the the evil aliens before they you know they could do their thing. Well, what it turns out to be is that the the aliens that warned the superheroes are actually the villains. And they are staging it to where the superheroes will all be in one place so they can mm-hmm. destroy them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so the nice. bad guys that were coming are actually the minions of the, the, the I don't know, the, like, uh, the, the mastermind aliens, right? Mm. And so they come in they, and they kill all the, the superheroes or the vast majority of them. <clears throat> now, the, all that leaves left to defend Earth are the B-stringers, the sidekicks, <laughs> and most importantly... The villains. Because oh. the oh. villain's mindset, much like Lex Luthor is, no one rules Earth but us, right? Mm. And so now you've got this triumvirate of the, the B-stringer nobodies, like the spleen from Mystery Men. I just was and, thinking. Right? I'm a shoveler. <laughs> and I, so, I have a skill. I shovel well. Right? I shovel well. <laughs> so between the, the B-string, the sidekicks, who they're... You know their their mentor is dead and was eradicated as a part of this apocalyptic event, or the bad guys, and they all have to work together in tandem and trying to make it work Man. and fight off the aliens. And it's all this mission based. And of course, I lo- I really like I, I dig the the, the uh, Savage Worlds mechanics anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, but that is I've I have had that's a what we refer to as a beer and pretzels type game where it's just you're going to have fun like you don't have to worry about mm-hmm. being serious it's you can it can be silly and goofy i actually had a character that i came up with dr pernicious which was the most powerful co- sorcerer in the cosmos but he was like really aw- it was crazy and more of like a buffoon and uh just it was hilarity ensued from every single session because everybody had a character that was kind of like that hmm. and they were just feeding off of one another <laughs> and it was it was so much fun so awesome. i'm going off book but I'm how does say wow. necessary evil? How, how does nice. that tie into Dragonlance, though? I don't understand. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Mm. Uh, my first love is Dragonlance. Everybody knows how I feel about that. Yeah. Though, so I can. I'll circle back around if we've got enough time. But otherwise, cool. I wanted to try to bring something that was fresh and, and different. I like it. I'll, yeah, thank you. that's cool. I'll throw out a couple. Um, so I had a hard time with this question. I think in part because I'm a I'm in the same boat as Catherine, and that a lot of my stuff is homebrew. Um, but I came up with a few answers. Uh, the first answer I'll give is I really like Waterdeep. Mm. I like nice. Waterdeep. Now, some people might argue that that's not a setting. 
But the fact that we have three hardcovers, three, three, two, three, um, tied to <laughs> Waterdeep, um, would maybe suggest that you're wrong. Um, so we have, oh, yeah. So, so we have, uh, Dragon Heist, Dungeon of the Mad Mage, and then, not technically, but, but the flavor is there, um, Tales from the Yawning Portal was the other one that mm-hmm. I was thinking of, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I know that, I know that that takes us el- elsewhere, so fair enough. Um, but, Waterdeep is wonderful because it's that massive city. It's it's the port. It has everything that ties to those two things. But then it also has Undermountain. And you can literally spend an entire level 1 to 20 campaign playing viable content mm-hmm. within the city. Um, mm-hmm. It has everything you need for that urban thing. Um, that being said, I think the better answer if you're talking about an urban city is, uh, as far as a favorite setting, is Colville's Guide to Capital. Oh, uh, his yes. the city of capitals. Yes. Um, Colville takes the idea of Waterdeep and builds a political structure within it that makes sense and that you can play. Um, that 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 brings that that aspect of different factions and guilds and rulers all interacting and makes that feel way more alive. Um, so if I had a choice of a system to bring in as a new setting that was available to play in. Think the massive, massive 30 mile wide city of capital Mm. would be a lot of fun. Um, I can't leave this discussion though, without (laughs) saying middle earth. (laughs) Here, here. Fair. Um, Because, because all other setting knowledge combined in my brain does not equal to what I what what I know and love about Middle Earth, mm-hmm. um, and so like if if it, that there's always that going to be that appeal to me, even though it doesn't fit with the current kind of shape of Fifth Edition and and the different classes and everything, and so maybe it's not a viable option. Have you have you not seen the uh, the the? Uh... Oh, certainly, certainly, certainly. Yeah, the guy the Middle you don't Earth think that fits. Well, they have to rework. So like the Middle Earth. Uh, fifth edition quote unquote game reworks all the classes. Um, It, you can't, you, it's not a setting that you can pour it into. It's a whole other game that uses the rules of fifth edition as a skeleton to build on. Um, but no, I just think like for me, there's not going to be a setting for at least the next few decades that comes anywhere close to being as beloved as middle earth. Hmm. Here, here. That's, that's very that's fair. fair. Do you mind if I add one more that's in line with uh, your your city campaign setting? Oh, yeah. So we love Eberron, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Sharn, mm-hmm. City of Towers yeah. is a fantastic oh, yeah. setting. To, for, mm-hmm. like, we're not, it's not, it's, again, for, if we can, the argument is easily made that it is not a campaign setting, but it, I, I've played an I've won a first through, uh, through 15th level campaign just in that city not just what's in it but what's underneath it and everything that's that is revolving around it so yeah i'm with you that's i i'm a i'm a i'm a fan of the urban slash the city campaign so cool i'm with you so piggybacking on that if you're going to talk favorite settings in the city what about uh tolis oh yeah Are, are you familiar with tolis i'm not monty cook Monty Cook, yeah. Uh, it was, I believe, I want to say it's like the first big thing to come out of third edition, third yes. party. 
Am yeah, I right? It definitely is the only thing that felt official, right? And it was everything like, else it was, was like, everything else was like a like a paperback <laughs> you know, version of a or like yeah. like a like a black and white Xerox copied campaign setting, right? But when you got Tolis, it felt like a completely fleshed out. Like it should it it could have easily and been was, modded yeah. in with, by by wizards. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and it is this the the city of ta- of the tower. Is that I, I'm I I've never dove into it because I knew I'd get, just get lost in it because it was a it's a massive tome of a of a setting and because it, it's just this one single city. They just kickstarted a new product in that yes. for that right? Yep, yeah. For fifth edition, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, they did. But yeah, I. Uh, I think, you know, talking about Sharn not being its own setting, granted it's not within the Eberron framework, but I am pretty sure you could grab that Tolis setting and make it Sharn, and mm-hmm. you'd be pretty set without wow. a whole lot of extra extra doodads. Yeah, if the um, if I remember correctly, the the original book was 672 pages long. Yeah, something ridiculous, yeah. It was ginormous. And it it also included a CD-ROM that had the adventure on it, and oh, it was ridiculous. It was, I think, $125 (laughs) at the time back in third edition, which was yeah, unheard of. A unheard six, of. Yeah. For, a six CD ROM set. In five thirty dollar uh, payments. Well, I was yeah. Thinking, yeah, like those encyclopedias that you used to yeah. buy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but wait, there's more. Catherine. <sighs> Talk to so, I've, been, I've been waiting. I've been really waiting for this one. This is the one that I've been the most excited to hear about. Oh gosh. <laughs> no, sorry. no, no pressure. No pressure. No, yeah. right? um, no. Okay, never mind. Carry on. <laughs> so, I, this was my question, but as soon as everybody was like, "Yeah, this is a good idea," I was like, "Oh no," <laughs> <laughs> because because literally, I've been sitting here sweating, thinking about like, you know, what about have have I have I been in official content in this campaign? Not really. Have I over here? Yes, but it wasn't in that setting. Like, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have hardly any playtime in, in official settings. Um, and this, okay, so this is going to sound like a cop out, but I, I was thinking through, okay, you know, in the, in the middle of thinking through all the, all the other possibilities, um, like, I don't know Eberron well enough, et cetera, yet, et cetera, et cetera. I really like, I really like Jorhas, um, from, from Wildmouth. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, the city. Um, I love magic used in everyday life and in making uh, general, making general life better, mm-hmm. like not not just in combat or healing, even although everybody knows healing magic is best magic in my book, ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like I Preach. I love the idea that he I love the idea that uh, I don't want to give anything away just in case, but I love how they. How they created it. I love certain, um, like how they created the uh, why why there's no sun 
mm-hmm. in right. in Jorhas. I really mm-hmm. I really like the idea of that. I love um, how uh, the dodecahedron, mm-hmm. the whole idea mm-hmm. behind that. I it's 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 so cool because it's not it's not just combat based. It's it's about making their society better as a whole through magic. And I mean to a point, but it's. I, I love all the different varied ways that it comes up and how how it feels different. It feels very different than most of the main cities that we see in uh, classic D and D settings, at least that I've seen so far. I love. I don't. Yeah. I love. I mean, uh, Wild Mount in general is on my short list. Like, I think it's a really well designed setting. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so, so yeah. I think it's completely valid to say Zorhas because I think you're right that that is the that is the most unique aspect of Wildmount as a setting is what mm-hmm. they did with the Drow and the yeah. m- and the bestial races in general, oh, yeah. monstrous races, whatever you want to call them. Um, they did a good job, and and everything else could feel right at home in the Forgotten Realms, but that feels different. Um, yes, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. So I guess I guess I should say Wild Mount, comma or like colon. Yeah. There you Jorhas. go. <laughs> Very yeah. valid. Very valid. Right <laughs> I would like to throw out another one real quick, maybe two that I can't speak to because I haven't played enough in, but sound really fascinating. Um, yeah. The first one is Ravnica. I think Ravnica oh, yeah. sounds awesome. I, I've seen some games played in Ravnica. I've never played there myself. Um, but to me, I think that the idea of like a super techie fantasy setting um, is mm-hmm. cool. And I think that they do it well. Um, and then the other one, which I'm going to be ashamed to admit, but um, <laughs> I have never played in Dark Sun. Oh. I know a lot about <laughs> Dark Sun, and I've listened to hours of it being played, but I've never played in it. And I know that we've talked a lot about Dark Sun here. Um mm-hmm. But if there's a setting that doesn't have a lookalike already in existence for 5th edition, it's Dark Sun. And so I'd like to see it make mm-hmm. an appearance. Well, and everything that's come out since Dark Sun has been a shadow of it, right? If they've, they've tried oh, yeah. to do similar things to it, or like like it, like post-apocalyptic fantasy settings. Uh, Avernus is it, arguably that way, right? Right. In some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, 4th edition Dark Sun was just absolutely... Nah. <laughs> nah, it had no. To me, it, it just had no teeth. It mm-hmm. just, you know. So that's maybe a little bit of a discussion. But do you think that with how Fifth Edition is being built right now, and kind of the intent behind it, that they would build a Dark Sun setting that has teeth? Uh, well, I think I think it would have more teeth than what Four E did. Four E's version of. Uh, it, it, it depends. Is is Wizards going to be brave and say, you know what, Dark Sun needs to be just savage and harsh, so they're going to get rid of, you know, the classes that weren't there in the in the beginning. Are they going to get rid of the spells that weren't there in the original? If they do that, then maybe we've got a true successor to Dark Sun. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's it just. It is just un- unholy and unforgiving of a setting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you started at third level for a reason. 
because <laughs> and and in in second edition Dark Sun, you had what they called, uh, I believe, it was called your character tree. You had the character that you were playing, but I think I think it was two or three other characters that were siphoning experience points off your main character as you leveled, because mm-hmm. you knew that eventually the one that you're playing is going to die. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. I mean, and that's just that's just all there is to it. You're not going to keep a character if if you keep a character from levels one to twenty in in a Dark Sun campaign, and and your whole group does that. There's something wrong with that campaign setting, Hmm. as Hmm. far as Dark Sun goes. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it definitely it ratchets. It's it takes that gritty the the gritty fantasy that I was talking about before, and it ratchets Hmm. up exponentially. To where it is yeah. a it is a survival. It's almost like a survival horror post apocalyptic mm-hmm. game. It's, 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 that's exactly what it is, right? It's yeah. Dark Souls played on hard mode. Mm. Right. Maybe yeah. there will be like yeah. options for it to have teeth. I mean, well, I, I, I believe that, that's it, my prediction. If it comes out and it doesn't have the teeth that the, the old school fans of of Dark Sun want, mm-hmm. that's what DMs Guild is for. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well. That's, the, so what I'm hearing, right, um, as we as we kind of collect all of these, is that we love the settings that we can easily pull from to an extent, right? So like mm-hmm. um, we talked earlier in this episode about the Bilgewater League of Legends thing, right? Why is that oh, yeah. so cool? In part because I could take that whole adventure or that whole module thing and just add it to Forgotten Realms and it's going to feel – pretty much right at home right mm-hmm. um so a lot of these settings we like because they're familiar enough that we're not relearning um but then when we talk about settings that we would like to see a lot of them we would like to see them because they are very different than what we're currently having mm-hmm. uh, yes. access yeah. to so mm-hmm. middle earth is a great example of that um and and um dark sun is another great example of that but mm-hmm. uh, it kind of feels like maybe it's like hollywood right uh, th- uh, just bear with me for a second, because it, Hollywood loves sequels because it's it's <laughs> bankable, right? Yeah. Or let's make fifteen of the same movie because it sells, right? And that's essentially what Forgotten Realms is for D anD. d It sells. It's familiar. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's it's vanilla, right? Yeah. And so classic fantasy. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. yeah. And so you see all of these independent creators that are doing that are taking these huge risks with their campaign settings because they kind of can they can afford to. Where if Wizards of the Coast digs deep and takes that risk, it may not pay out the way that they they want it to. So they experiment on the sides and see how things go. They partner with other uh, other uh, creators, and they that's how they make it work. And then they're just like, okay, look, our core asset will be Forgotten Realms, and then we'll we'll go outside of that. So I think maybe what I'm that's what, I, what I'm getting at is I'd like to see a Spielbergian moment mm-hmm. in in Wizards of the Coast where. At least a couple of projects they they go they dip into a well that they haven't either dipped into before or they've and something that's old that they bring back up and they or they, they bring it into this era you know crazy new like 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 as an example what if they took a gamble and brought Numenera into the fold and you right. had this like really unique sit- setting mm-hmm. and and said you know what we're gonna make this we're gonna make this actual fifth edition content well. Are they doing? Didn't they do that? Well, it's fifth edition, but it's not Watsy. 
Right. right. Oh, okay. So you you're know talking, what I'm saying? We're talking about Watsy for a minute, okay. right? Like, that's yeah, what I'm saying. It's like, brand on it. Yeah. yeah, like saying, like, here, let's take a gamble with something that's completely new um, and different and a different, like, like you can't play. Another example would be the um, Call of Cthulhu book right up there, the, the Cthulhu Mythos. Give us a setting that is like, you can't play this really with Forgotten Realms material. You really need new classes, new races, new spells, new whatever. Mm-hmm. It's its own thing. It just uses the rule set. But you can't really graft this on to your Waterdeep Dragon Ice adventure, right? Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of uh, similarity there on a on a thematic or on a feel level. Um, this is mm-hmm. blood and water, in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, if it's Cthulhu, the, the, there will be blood in the water. Yeah. <laughs> blood and oil. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Are there any settings okay. that, we're, that, we're, that we're leaving out that you guys want to talk about? Yeah, mine. <laughs> I, I didn't say anything yet. Speak up. And I, I would say that if people have been listening for a while, they would know that mine would probably, my favorite probably would be uh, Eberron. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, uh, you know, g- digging even deeper, going into the weird, probably maybe uh, Spelljammer, as far as favorite settings go, just because mm-hmm. it's bizarre. I never yeah. got to play in Spelljammer. I owned a lot of it, and I read a lot of it. <laughs> but uh, that was that was in the dark time of D&D, when you didn't talk about it amongst people, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. amongst the, the normies. Uh, so yeah, it was just one of those things where I would set and read and, and stuff, but outside of, outside of Wizards of the Coast stuff and outside of D and D favorite settings, um, Traveler, I, I like the, the supposed, you know, the, 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 the default setting of, of the Traveler books. If you're not familiar with those, it's just uh, gritty, far flung space and as far as I know, and somebody can out there can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it could very well be the only game system where you can die in character creation. Hmm. Huh. Oh, oh, I would, for hours, I would sit in my bedroom and create traveler characters just to see if I could survive. Because <laughs> it, it, it's all about, you know, are, were you in the military? Were you a privateer? What, what did you do? Oh, you were in the military, so... You have to roll on these charts, and you build your character. So you don't you don't necessarily start at a, a level one like you do in D and D. You you go through your military career until a point where you want to oh. muster out. Huh. Okay. And, and and when you do that, you you could get you could have a starship. You could start with a starship. You could start with energy weapons and you know and a lot of money and stuff like that. But there was a risk involved to get there. Mm-hmm. And that risk was, you roll bad on one of those dice rolls, and guess what? That mission that is is that you that last mission you went on, you didn't come back from. So guess what? You don't get to play that character. They, they are dead. Wow. But there's Crazy. there's ways you huh. could use that in in the story down the road and stuff. So it, it's it was a very cool thing. Again, never got to play it. Made a lot of characters. Not a lot of them lived. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and going way off board, uh, I actually owned uh, the James Bond role-playing game 
and I want to say it was from Game Designers Workshop. That and I would right. love to see I would love to see a modern version of James Bond. Uh, well, you know, we were talking last week with Tim about um, uh, Kingsman as a RPG. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that would be a lot of fun. So, yeah, mm-hmm. in the same vein. Um, in the same vein. So, what brand new settings that have never been touched before by any gaming company would you like to see? And Catherine looks like she's got like a, a purple vein going across her forehead she's trying to think so hard (laughs) (laughs) it i have one it's a it's a board game it's not like an it's a i i will have a couple more probably by the time we're done but (laughs) (laughs) um the one that actually was was in my head since since i saw this question um there's a board game out there that i haven't even ever played before uh, <laughs> called uh, Coma Knots. And the whole premise is that you are, um, like, your, your profession is being a coma knot, and you go into the minds of people who are in comas, and you navigate those different uh, settings, and you have certain tools that you use, and certain setbacks that are common, but certain setbacks that are probably also, um, like in the individual, like Hmm. individualized. And, um, I'm not, I'm not even (laughs) sure. I'm not even sure whether this was a, um, yeah, you, you had to figure out you had to, you had to figure out some sort of like truth about them, I think. Is what it was. Mm. Um, and then you could come back with it, and sometimes it would help them get out of the coma, um, I believe. I I may be a little bit off base with this, because what happened to have this stick in my head was my friend and I were walking through, and we saw this and on, on a display case at a game store, and my friend pointed it out to me and was like, this would be such a cool D&D campaign. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh. And we both we both wanted to buy the game right then. And I picked up the game to go buy it. And then I remembered I had less money in my bank account. <laughs> um, and so I had to put it back. And I haven't seen the game since. Um, but just the whole idea, I guess it would be like a, a sci-fi slash symbolic Sim- symbolism laced like psychological mm. you know setting that would be able to encapsulate several different types of settings like you could depending on the person's mind that you're in you could have a super super gritty area like a super super gritty m- oh, yeah. adventure and then you could go off and have like I don't know sparkle fairy adventure mm-hmm. <laughs> like whatever like there would be I could see different sets of mods being published like um from people who are in comas because of this reason or that reason or you know this this type of life experience that they would draw in versus that type and like i don't know it'd be it'd be super interesting to find out what tools you could use within every mind and what tool like 
And then you get into the whole, like, moral moral side of it. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be rambling now, so I'm going to stop. But I think that would just be a super cool idea. Oh, yeah. That sounds cool. Like, like it'd give the DM a lot of leeway on and what type of game they were running. So mm-hmm. It reminds me of, the, there's an old movie from the 80s with uh, Dennis Quaid in it called Dreamscape. That reminds me yep. of that, where yep. they would, they would, someone that had troubled sleep, they would go to sleep and they were able to enter into that person's sleep consciousness and they would help them solve their their inner problems like psychological problems deep-seated problems through their dreams cool as uh, so a children that had nightmares and things like that yeah sounds a lot like yeah. that yeah. Awesome. I, to me inception to me, it sounds like it sounds yeah like, it's, oh my gosh it's, yeah it's, oops, sorry. it sounds to me like a lot like uh inception meets the matrix mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yes yeah exactly yeah that yeah, that sounds like that's a lot of fun. Uh, I've got a one or two. Um, I'll throw one out really, really fast. There is a new series out um, called Blood Machines. Um, it's on the Shutter Horror streaming service. Um, oh. But yeah. you can you can get a free seven day trial and watch this limited run, like four episode series called Blood Machines. It's like Alien. Like the like think about like. Um, like a psychedelic uh, version of the Alien franchise. Oh, weird. <laughs> um, so more, so like that gritty, nice. dirty, grungy sci-fi, but with um, some weirdness to it, um, some color to it. Uh, the cool aspect that they have is that ships have souls, um, like the AI has a soul and it's there's more to it than that but like it's really really cool it came out this year and i'm like i would love to play in that setting a little bit um so that's just a quick nod even though i don't know that much about it there's not that much to know about it but it's cool um the the one that i think is a no-brainer though for fantasy is the black company oh yeah Mm -hmm. um and i think the pitch there right is that you wouldn't play as heroes Mm-hmm. You would play as regular soldiers, or what, you would not play as the top dogs. You would play as those that were following the top dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's the and you you would make it a little bit more grittier, like John likes um, in that aspect. Um, but I think you could have some really interesting, like. Um, some really as- interesting aesthetics, some really interesting, like, different ways of looking at the concept of an adventure or a quest when you are not the person who is tasked with completing it. You're there to be at the disposal of someone else. Um, anyway, I think that that could be really fun. And the white, uh, the Black Company, the White Rose, all of that is a well-known fantasy property that a lot of people have read. Um, so the, the setting itself would be familiar enough to draw a crowd. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I like it. Nice, nice. John, what you got? From when it comes to the other properties that are out, I can't think. I've I've thought really hard about this. I can't think of anything that I would bring in from either in media, pop culture. The the, the closest thing that would probably come to it, a lot of these again. There's so much that's already out there that I've I've played that it's it gets close enough to scratching the itch mm. that it doesn't. 
I don't really like if I wanted to play a, I wanted to do a Goonies game, mm-hmm. I would get kids on bikes, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. right? If I wanted right, to right. do Stranger Things, I'd do Tales from the Loop, right? Yeah. So there's like if I wanted to, if there's there's so much stuff that's out there, it's really difficult if either if I've either played it or if I've read about it or I've seen other people play it, I've I, I've I'm exposed to it already, right? Sure. And so it's it's tough for me to find that kind of stuff because in one way or another, somebody else has probably either thought about it or it's it's being kickstarted right now. <laughs> yeah. Avatar: Last Airbender. Oh, oh, that's not bad. I like that. I love Avatar. Yeah. Also, Korra. Korra should get more love. Like Legend of Korra should get more love too. But mostly. Avatar Last Airbender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna go anime, oh, crap! Now you opened up Pandora's box. Because <laughs> um, there's some stuff in, that uh, you could like any of Miyazaki's movies, like mm. Spirited Away, would be really Ooh, cool. Spirited Away or so cool. or Princess Mononoke, Nausicaa mm. in the Valley of the Wind, which is again another one of those like he, but it's it's so atmospheric. I don't know how you would. I don't know. I wouldn't know yeah. how to run it and it make it, it very, feel that yeah. hauntingly beautiful and magical and a little bit dangerous at the same time, like Howl's mm-hmm. Moving Castle. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah could you know. make it? A, could you make a, a, a an extended campaign from that, or would it be more of like a short, you know, a, a few sessions, and mm-hmm. that you're, you've told the story that way? Because mm-hmm. keeping that level of mm-hmm. what you're talking about f- for week after week, month after month, year after year. I'd be exhausted. Would would mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. it's a series. Like maybe they're each of the movies is an adventure. Maybe. And well, it's like, like the universes series. themselves. Okay, so like, like what, what I'm trying to think about is like what is it that's so awesome, great about that? Like each movie's basic premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the secret world of Arietti is the borrowers, right? So oh a, the world, the, the campaign setting is you're all little people, and there are all these giant people that are out there, and so you're. It's not. Like Mouse Guard, where you're an- it's anthropomorphic, uh, anthropomorphized animals, you're people, right? And so mm-hmm. the fun thing is, it's all this big stuff, and you're little people, right? So that's that could be an entire campaign of going mm. in between walls and dealing with big animals instead of or fighting off cockroaches and things like that, right? Yeah, and yeah. so, or you look at Spirited Away. What's so great about that is it's essentially Alice in Wonderland. In, like in Japanese mythology, like the like a retelling, a mythological retelling of it, mm-hmm. about how the spirit world is a thing that runs in parallel, and there are spaces inside of our world where the spirits are allowed to kind of be themselves and do their thing. And so mm-hmm. they, I, you can, I think that you could. It wouldn't be just like Spirited Away. This is the campaign in the the bathhouse, you know, the, right. that would, or the it wouldn't be there. It would be like there would right. be they'd be everywhere. And how mm-hmm. does it incorporate with people? And so yeah, I mean, Miyazaki. It's like holy cow, get out of get out of here with that. I can. <laughs> I, I don't know that I could. I don't. I I think what would exhaust me is trying to meet the expectation of how much I love those, how good those movies are, and trying to recreate how magical and haunting they are. I don't. I don't think I have it in me. I just mm. don't. Um, I think uh, that made me think of another one too is uh, Legend of Zelda. Mm. The Legend of Zelda would oh, be a good one okay. if they could port over to fifth edition, or if not, if not fifth, fifth edition, that would would be it'd be nice to see some tabletop love for it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be Link yeah. and Zelda and all that stuff, but <laughs> in Hyrule and like in, and during like Karako Village or the Kokiri and all the other stuff that's in the in the game, I think would be kind of cool to see that. Nice. I'd like to see I'd like to see somebody take a crack at it at least and see what it. What I'd buy I'd probably end up buying the book no matter what it looks like. <laughs> 
I've got one. I, I, I feel like you could probably do it with, again, the systems and settings that are out there right now. But it's it's kind of a, it's a it's a pull from the late '80s. Um, it was a comic book series done by Marvel called Strike Force Moratori, and Moratori uh, is Latin for those who are about to die. The premise of the setting is these aliens have come to Earth, and it's it's a normal Earth. It's it's just like what we are here right now. Uh, the aliens show up. They're obviously advanced, you know, technologically and and, and all that stuff, and they almost wipe us out. But the scientists, the, the world scientists have gotten together and figured out a way to create super soldiers. Mm. Mm. And you volunteer for the program and it's called the moratory program because uh, the, the, the powers that you get are completely random mm. huh. and they nice. burn you out. Mm. You are going. You are going to die. I think, if I remember correctly, and I haven't, I haven't cracked these comics in years. But I think the longest lived moratory was like three years <sighs> after receiving the treatment. Some of them actually die on the table to catastrophic uh, ends and wiping out all the scientific team that is, is you know, that kind of oh, thing. Man. But this series was really cool because you never knew how long these characters were gonna were gonna be be there they're they're either going to die from the aliens or they they're they were finally going to burn out and and explode and take out half a city block with them Hmm. and it was just it Hmm. it was such a it was dark and it was gritty but there was something about those characters that they knew their mortality and they lived Hmm. you know what i mean they Hmm. they were like hey we are here to do a job but let's have a little bit of fun kind of mm-hmm. a thing. And they, they, it was, it was well-written when, when one of them would, would go Nova and, and die off, you know, you, it, it hurt the group. They were just like, Oh my gosh, we can't, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I think it only lasted like three years, but yeah, it was one of my favorite short lived comic book series. And I, I just think that that would be a fun mm-hmm. inspiration. Cool. Awesome. For, for a thing. Huh. Yeah, cool. that sounds really interesting. And going more modern, give me John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know all the dirt in that setting. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with these continental hotels? Who is the table? Who is above the table? What's under the table? Who's the guy? You know, who's the Bowery? What is it like over in Europe? Where's all this mm. stuff coming from? It's just, it's so, it's so intertwined and they just keep every movie. They just, they give you a little bit more and it's like, Oh, this is so awesome. He's got (laughs) pays for everything with these gold coins. And yeah, it's yeah. And if not, maybe like a bolt on, like a bolt on in, in a D and D campaign setting where this clandestine organization has been there the entire time, but it's been so under wraps that uh, like the, here's this is they have their own economy they have their own mm-hmm. it's like its own it's an uh, the underworld right mm-hmm. that no one ever knows oh, yeah. about yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's cool sweet nice. well guys we are uh, about out of time here so unless anybody is dying to pitch one we'll probably wrap it up and save anything else for another episode I'll save Dragonlance for next time <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Harry Harry Potter is begging for a, for a tabletop RPG I think yeah. mm. yep they yeah. announced uh, an actual 
uh, not an actual, a digital like video game RPG this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So I agree. Mm-hmm. All for right. Sure. Well, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, be sure to check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram. Um, give us some love there. Tell us what you thought of this episode. Tell us what settings we should have covered that we didn't. <laughs> um, there's probably several dozen that we didn't. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and until next week, thanks, John, Catherine, and Troy for hanging out with me. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. See ya. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, Keep everybody. Gaming.